0: Show where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and on our show we like to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us connected, and maybe inspired to do a bit more because we made the connection. Today we have two wonderful women who I am very excited will share their stories. Yeah, they're both of you. (laughs) You're both wonderful. (laughs) Yes, we're talking about the reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment Rise. And our show I want to also make sure folks know is sponsored by the World Street Kitchen, the Milk Jam. Creamery is right next door as well, and they're, they're both sponsoring this. It's in the uptown Minneapolis area. Check out their website at EATWSK.com, or better yet, just stop at the 2743 Lindale Avenue South and get a taste of the World Fusion street food from Asia to the Caribbean and everything in between. So I have these two delightful uh, leaders, Nashina Hussain, who is the executive director. Welcome. Thank you, Lori. So glad you're here, Nashina. And we have Asma Mohammed, who is the Advocacy Director. Hello, hello. We have had a wonderful week. I know that you all have been working very hard uh, with our, our elections, so thank you. And last week we had Asma join us about the work that she's doing with advocacy, so we're glad to have you back here today. Thank you. And today we're talking about how this group got started and, and what you do. So, um, Nashina, why don't you tell us about how did you get this group started? What What was your vision?
1: Sure. So I would say about in 2011, I made the transition from working in corporate America into the nonprofit sector. Um, and I started working for a civil rights um, organization called the Council on American Islamic Relations, which is... Um, really focuses on um, advocating for Muslims and people who are trying to get religious accommodation in the workplace and schools and whatnot. And as much as I uh, enjoyed my time there, I started to kind of notice a couple different things. Um, One being that Muslim women were kind of missing from positions of power or leadership. And I know that's not actually just limited to Muslim women, but for me,
0: it was like very obvious. And Uh, yet they're giving a lot. And they're working a lot, yes. but they're not represented as close. Yeah. I mean, I kept saying that, you know, we do all the work,
1: but mm-hmm. somehow we're not actually getting the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and being a um, somebody who was working in the development side, uh, trying to get more funding and whatnot, I also noticed, like, women were giving, but they weren't seeing the change that needed to provide gender equality and... And racial equity and things like that. Um, And of course, with the rise of just Islamophobia and hate crimes, you know, Muslim women are the majority of the victims and survivors of those incidents. And so I thought it'd be best that, hey, why don't we um, host a conversation, invite a bunch of women, and let's just talk about things. So... In the offices of one of my favorite nonprofits, Pollen, we were able to host a breakfast and invited a a bunch of women from the community and started to talk about, you know, what is leadership? You know, who defines what a leader is? It's not just a title, but really kind of a philosophy. Um, We also talked about civic engagement. Um, A lot of people feel like there's, you know, you vote and you run for office and we are not really sure what the rest of the democratic process <laughs> is all about
0: it, and then it's magic yeah and then <laughs>
1: things just happen or don't happen mm-hmm. um and and as we were talking there was a there was such an obvious um sort of tone in the room of I don't even know enough Muslim women to actually make connections. Like, how do I find a Muslim woman to be, like, my mentor? And who is out there? And it was really, really obvious that we thought there's no space. There's no physical space. There's no digital space. Um, And what can we do about that? And so... Right afterwards, we launched this platform called Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. Um, We wanted to make sure that we could connect women, we could tell our stories, that we could train and teach one another to lead, and then we show
0: up in our communities. And as you were working together... You made some discoveries, I'm I'm sure, of what you all valued. What were the things that you felt best represented your group and how you wanted to inspire others? Share a little bit about those values. Yeah. Yeah. I can share a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I came on.
2: I actually um, was a part of a conversation. Um, Nasheen invited me to speak on a panel with Ilhan Omar um, and Dr. Hala Asamurai. She's a doctor? Yeah. Dr. Hala Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Hala She's Asamurai, who was running for a school board in Columbia Heights at the time. And I had never run for office. I was there as an activist because I had been involved in Black Lives Matter um, and holding down the fourth precinct in 2015. So that's what people were hearing about for me. And I had also helped on a senatorial campaign.
0: And now so, you are the advocate director and now
2: i'm the advocacy director so i came on and i mean i i came on then and it was such a weird i mean so what really happened was i was not even looking for a new job (laughs) um and noshina reached out to me because she knew that i was having trouble with like white supremacy in the workplace and how that plays out um and was talking about how our presentation mattered to me and noshina was like asma come work for me and here I am thinking, she's crazy. This is not <laughs> happening. I don't know what her deal is. Um, I was like, do nonprofits even pay? I mean, I had been working for schools forever. And um, sl- I mean, I don't know what happened, but I took a leap of faith. I prayed about it. And a couple weeks later, I was at Rise. <laughs> and I, ever since then, alhamdulillah, it means um, praise be to God. I have been so grateful to be a part of this because Noshina and I challenge each other all the time. I know that I am like the annoying daughter that she already has, but it's just like an additional one. You're um, the and,
0: reinforcements. Yeah, the reinforcement,
2: <laughs> the reminder that she's not cool yet. Um, and her daughter and I are always trying to teach her like the cool hip things to do. Um, yeah, she's shaking her head <laughs> because she I, doesn't want to I learn. don't want to <laughs> learn these
0: things. But just the fact that you can tease each yeah. other about it. <laughs> And, and yeah. create that that spontaneity. Yeah.
2: And so kind of what, what kind of happens, so answering your actual yeah, question yeah. Yeah. is um I have a very different perspective as someone who is, you know, a little bit more involved in like the activist side within Minneapolis. And Noshina had been involved in the nonprofit side uh, for so long, and then the corporate side as well, and understanding like how you build your power, your economic power, and things that I didn't understand. But I was just like, no, people power, we take to the streets. <laughs> and that's Sometimes not...
0: known as Asma Unleashed. Asma
2: Unfiltered. <laughs> unfiltered, 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 unfiltered. Whatever you unfiltered. want to call it. Um, but I wanted to like, I was like, we need to go harder at these things. Um, so I was challenging partnerships we had. I was like, these partners aren't that cool. Like we need to challenge them on their white supremacy or, you know, their and gender inequality, their sexism, or, um, and then we talked about sexual violence. So I identify as a survivor and I was like, we need to do something about this because we, we need to fill a gap in the community. So when we were doing our storytelling, when we were doing our civic engagement, we've noticed some different things and have started to realize that, like, if we want Muslim women to understand these different processes, we need to provide trainings on them. Um, so we started caucus training, which a lot of Muslim women had never done before in this a last A lot of year, women, just a lot, just of, a people lot of people, people. don't people. understand caucus. It's just such a confusing process. Well, it is a yeah. confusing process. So, there's
0: no – you know, it, yeah. it, how does that all occur? And there's – and we're not doing as many caucuses. Exactly. we're moving more towards the primary thing. Well, goodness.
2: I hope we do. Yeah. But um, so we actually trained Muslim women both virtually, so through our Facebook page, and then um, in person. And we had over 150 Muslim women show up to caucus this year, oh, that's which wonderful. was amazing. Um, not taking all the credit, but you know, we did some work. <laughs> um, but it was it was really really cool to see. So we've realized a lot in you know in the process of just figuring out what people need um and we continue to do that we are i think the biggest question we always are asking ourselves is like okay what do muslim women want right now and sometimes it's just asking ourselves and then it's asking our partners it's asking people who collaborate with us and come to our events um i mean every single person who comes to a rise event eventually is like a collaborator in our work in some way Um, and we want to make that like a
0: continuous reality well i love your vision Uh, imagining a future where all Muslim women are connected, reflected, celebrated, and emboldened. And I think both of you represent that well. Mm -hmm. So bold. (laughs) And your mission of reviving Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment is a mission to amplify the voice and power. And, And we love supporting this amplification today because there are a lot of misunderstandings. And it's really about finding what connects us. You know, what as women can we do to work together, which I think is...
1: And normally, Lori, we see a lot of, like, interfaith dialogue, Mm -hmm. and we are, like, the next iteration of that, which is, like, faith in action. So aside from just having, you know, one-to-one conversations about what do I practice and what Mm -hmm. do you practice, it's more about, like, what are our shared values that when we come together, we can actually move Things forward and make change based on those values and when you work together that's when you start to really um, uncover the commonalities and you know what you what kind of common ground you have and and how people practice their spirituality so it, it's 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 that whole faith and action of, like, us going at it together.
2: Yeah. One of our favorite partners is the National Council of Jewish Women, and we come together. I mean, we obviously, we have to talk about faith because that's what grounds us all, um, but we come together to do gun violence prevention. That's what we first came together on, and now we want, we're talking more about violence against women and how we can, like, work together to do grassroots lobbying and, you know, make our legislators get some work done.
0: Well, I highly recommend going to their website. You want to give the website uh, address for us? Sure, it's www.revivingsisterhood.org. And I want you to take a look at their values: looking at resilience, uh, representation, relationships, resourcefulness, and self determination, and faith. These are what move you forward. Yep, These absolutely. are what you believe in. And connect us. And in the next uh, segments, we're going to be talking about your storytelling leadership development and civic engagement and i also want you when you go to the website to check out the sheroes we're going to be talking about sheroes next and these are telling the stories of these amazing islamic women that are making a difference and doing powerful things in our community and if you know someone you can actually do a um a shout out and an app and nominate them for a shero so stay tuned you're listening to AM 950, The Progressive Voice of Minnesota, and we'll be right back. The bright and fun brainchild of the Wadi Brothers, the World Street Kitchen, features flavors from across the globe, from Asia to the Caribbean to the Mediterranean and everything in between. The restaurant serves popular staples, specials, sweets, and cocktails in one friendly spot. What's it like? It's an experience. The red curry chicken burrito slaps you on one cheek and kisses you on the other. Bring your favorite people, order at the counter, sit together and laugh. Eat your crazy, delicious, simple food with big, bold flavors that come together with delicious harmony. And for dessert, enjoy the best ice cream you've ever tasted at Milk Jam Creamery just next door. Amazing frozen creation by the team behind the World Street Kitchen. Come to Minneapolis Uptown at 2743 Lindale Avenue South and get a taste of the world. Find out about the tasty goodness at EATWSK.com. That's EATWSK.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry, where the fear-free get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my
3: daughter Rachel says,
1: If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIXMYTEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us.
3: November is go at Rudy Luther Toyota. With the end of 2018, it's time to get yourself an amazing gift, a new vehicle from Rudy Luther. Through November, get a $3,000 rebate on the Toyota Tundra pickup or $3,500 on my personal favorite, the family-friendly Sienna. Plus, check out that great selection of 2018 Tacoma pickups in stock. And the best part of Rudy Luther is the long-term relationship you'll have with their wonderful people. November is go at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at continentaldiamond.com. Vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, and then you throw them away, right? Well, if you're ready to break out of that vicious cycle, we have the answer. Never heard of A1 Vacuum? They've been around forever, offering better alternatives. So if you're ready to stop filling the landfill, give A1 Vacuum a shot. Located in Roseville and ready to show you something better. Find them at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316. Better yet, drop by.
0: Good morning, and welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we're talking about ideas that matter, and I'm glad you've joined the conversation. Today, we have Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment Rise. Uh, We're talking about all the good and wonderful things that they're doing, and we're also wanting to do a shout-out to the World Street Kitchen Milk Jam in the Uptown Minneapolis area. Check out their website at EATWSK.com. Better yet, stop by their uh, wonderful restaurant at 2743 Lindale Avenue South and get a taste of world fusion. We have the Executive Director for RISE, Nashina Hussein. Welcome. Thank you, Laurie. So glad you're here. And we have Asma Muhammad, who is the Advocacy Director for RISE. Welcome. So in this section, uh, we're talking about storytelling um, and how important storytelling is and on the impact of equity. Tell me about that. So
1: I always start off with this um, saying about like how I was working on a presentation and I needed to pull up some images of Muslim women. And so when I... Went into Google and typed in Muslim women, and click on images. I started to see only one type of image, um, and not to you know uh, say anything negative about the the image itself because it was always women in the black borka completely covered, right? And um, there are many women who dress that way, and it's a it's a choice, and it's an, a representation of their spirituality and where they and their faith expression. However, it was everything that surrounded that picture that was a very negative, um, a negative story, right? It was always about them being victims of hate crimes it was always about um you know they're oppressed and just really negative dehumanizing language surrounding the image and nothing uplifting no nothing inspirational no and 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 it is so, like, that's not what I look like, right? That's not like what Asma looks like, majority of our family and friends and other Muslim women. So to me, it was very obvious that, hey, somebody else is actually telling our story, and that's why it's so negative. And portraying it as victims and not heroes. Right, right. And so what we decided to do was, hey, why don't we ch- take this narrative back and start challenging it by telling our stories ourselves about the amazing women in our own communities. And let's just start here in Minnesota. Um, and so we launched this project called Muslim Sheroes of Minnesota. And uh, first of all, everybody questions the word Shiro because it's a play on the word hero, but it's I
0: love it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's perfect, yeah,
1: yeah. so it's like it's it's highlighting and uplifting everyday women doing phenomenal work in their communities
0: that often go unnoticed and claiming hero as our own and and having it be Shiro. Yeah, I think gives that. We are at the center of Shiro. We're not trying to be something that we're not. We are emboldening who we are as right. women, yeah. which And, I, and I
1: celebrating, yes. right? Yes. Celebrating.
0: Well, there's um, a few stories. You have it in three different sections when you go to the website. Yeah. You can either go and read the narrative, yep. and there's some amazing stories that we'll be sharing from the narrative, or you can go to the videos. The videos are outstanding. They are produced in high quality, beautiful way of, of really understanding the story and, and and the accomplishments that these women are making. And then there's a podcast. Correct. So those are what you go to when you go to, you know, hearing your story. Um, and I highly recommend it. But because we're on radio, <laughs> we can at least share a few of them uh, to give people like a little teaser to go and and learn more and watch the videos or sure. read the stories. So one of the ones I know that you wanted to talk about was uh, Fardosa Jama? Yes.
1: So Fardosa's story is um, quite inspirational. Um, we start off by learning about her uh, time being homeless and uh, the difficulties and challenges that she has faced. And she um, is from Mankato. So as you can imagine, it doesn't necessarily have the same sort of diverse um, Residents and in, in, it's uh, not as people. multicultural, in, in, yeah, In, in Mankato. In Mankato. It, yeah. It's getting there, yeah, but yeah. it's in a very challenging, I think, uh, environment right now. Um, but but fast forward this earlier this year, you know, Ferdosa saw that there was so much opportunity to help people with that multiculturalism understanding and diversity, and so. She realized some of the, one of the best ways to do that is to actually run for office. And so she threw her name in the hat, or in the ring, sorry, <laughs> and um, ran for city council.
0: Now, yeah, and so... And that takes a lot of courage. Yes, absolutely. Getting out there and claiming that you want a leadership role. Yeah. And also, you
1: are claiming what an American yes. looks like, yes. right? So it's not just a stereotypical image especially in Mankato right Um, but this is a this is a black woman Mm -hmm. right who wears hijab and so for her to really uh, courageously step out and say you know what the city needs to change it needs to reflect who it's serving I'm gonna be I'm gonna take that bold step and um, run run for office now she
0: didn't win but she won just by...
1: Yeah, she didn't win an election, but right. she won in so many different yes, ways, right? Yes. So now little black and brown girls mm-hmm. who are sitting in a classroom today can actually visualize the possibilities of running for office and serving in their cities that probably never thought that that was a possibility.
0: And, and can see that women and Islamic women... Yeah can take a leadership role. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, it's more about normalizing the idea that we can run for office. Mm-hmm. Very inspirational story. And we have to celebrate also who we have sent to Congress oh. as a first.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, you yes. Know. <laughs> we were at the election night party, um, and it was beautiful. I mean, it was like, I remember I was with, we were with a group of friends, um, and we were like, This is turning into a Somali wedding real quick, (laughs) 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 because it was such a great celebration. I mean, Ilhan was on stage with her kids and her husband, and um, dancing to Somali music, and it was beautiful. And she started her speech saying "Assalamu alaikum," and then in the which is you know the Islamic greeting of peace, saying "Peace be with you." And she also said during like "Alhamdulillah," which is "Praise be to God," Mm -hmm. for her win. And who gets to do that going to Congress? Right? Well, um, she's shaking up Congress. Oh, okay. yeah. And yeah. I keep seeing this meme going around yeah. that is like, um, if you feel sad today, uh, remember that Mike Pence has to swear uh, Ilhan Omar <laughs> on the <Quran. laughs> and which is probably like the worst thing for him.
0: Um, but we are so excited about it. The <laughs> New Yorker next week, when it uh, comes out, the uh, front page, the cover is going to show a lot of drawings of white men. Yes. And then these women yes. who have been elected coming through at its party time yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's changing it up yeah busting down that door yes yes and being a part of the process yeah
1: i mean for for muslim women i think seeing ilhan and and her speaking you know with islamic um phrases and all is very affirming, right? Like this is part of the American fabric that religious pluralism does exist and it can be not just tolerated, but like accepted. And I think that is a real real big change that we're seeing now.
2: I mean, I cried the whole night mostly because I was thinking of my niece who gets to grow up to see a woman who like honors her faith and loves her faith getting to be who she is and be in Congress.
0: Well, we have more stories to share Uh, as well as leadership development. This all ties together. Uh, What does it mean to be a leader? This is a great conversation. We're glad that you're connected today and learning more about RISE and the wonderful work they're doing. You're listening to AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and this is Connections Radio Show. And we'll be right back after just a few announcements. Have a good one.
2: Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool, think about it. They think it's not wrong, violence against women, the rape, the abuse, the emotional, physical. They all hold the hate, think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong, think about it. They all hold the hate, gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate, think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual
4: Assault Coalition.
3: I'm John Peterson of Ferndale Market, and I'm the third generation to grow turkeys on our family farm in Cannon Falls. We've grown them the same way since 1939, free-range and without antibiotics. We're proud of the way our turkey tastes naturally, so we don't add a thing, just 100% pure turkey. Reserve your free-range Thanksgiving turkey today for pickup at our store right on the farm in scenic Cannon Falls or at one of our Metro Retail Partners. Visit us at ferndalemarket.com for more information or to reserve your turkey today.
4: Visit the wine bar at Cafe Latte and enjoy a unique handcrafted pizza and glass of wine. The perfect place for an intimate night or an evening with friends. Choices range from spicy Italian sausage and sweet roasted peppers to the one of a kind nacho chicken pizza layered with blue corn tortilla chips. The approachable wine list offers over 30 by the glass with special emphasis on wines from Washington State. End your night with one of Cafe Latte's melt in your mouth desserts. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul.
2: Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on
3: Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. This week's idealist is Dr. Jerry Rabinowitz, who ran toward the gunfire to aid victims at the Tree of Life Synagogue, only to become a victim himself. Such tragedy, such horror. The big interview will be with Daryl Davis, a black man who befriends Ku Klux Klan members. I also talk about a listener who's inspired me. Ellie 2.0 Radio, engaging in real, on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
4: I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. Join us next Saturday as we discuss the importance of gratitude to our mental health and how to develop gratitude rituals in our daily lives. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality
0: into life. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. With your AM 950 weather, I'm
3: Hunter Haas. Saturday, chance of snow, high around 26. Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 32. And Monday, mostly cloudy with a high near 24. Don't miss the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday only at the Mounds View Community Center. Featuring up to 150 home improvement companies, giveaways, and more. It's the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday at the Mounds View Community Center. See it all at expoguys.com. That's expoguys.com.
0: Host of Connections Radio Show. And today we have the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment Rise. Uh, this is a great group. I want you to go to their website. It's a fabulous website and it's very inspirational for everyone. Uh, the website is revivingsisterhood.org. And today's show is sponsored by the World Street Kitchen, uh, Milk Jam in the uptown Minneapolis area. Check out their website at EATWSK.com, or better yet, stop by. It's 2743 Lindale Avenue and get a taste of World Fusion street food. It's really good. It's really good. It's really good. And they're great people, and the food is amazing. So our guest, if you're just joining us, is the Executive Director of RISE, Nashina Hussein. Welcome. Thank you, Lori. So glad you're here. And Asma Mohammed, who is the Advocacy Director. Hi! (laughs) so glad you're both here we've been talking about sheroes heroic women uh, and sharing those stories now those stories are powerfully shared on the website i highly encourage you to go to it but today we're giving just kind of like a little taste of it so that you can get a sense of the wonderful stories and then when you go there you're just going to be amazed at all of the inspirational women but you have a few more that you're going to share
1: absolutely um but the next year I want to talk about is my friend Amina Kaus. She's um, watching right now. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Amina, what's up, girl? So, this will be fun. Um, Amina, we feel like is like the poster child of what Rise is all about.
2: Literally put pictures of her in the annual report to show like what yeah. you should do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in fact, people uh, see her and it's and they're like, aren't you Amina Gauss? Because they've seen her in our annual report. <laughs> celebrity. She's a celebrity for us. Yeah. So, with Amina, um, She wanted to get involved in her community and wasn't sure how, just like the rest of us. And so we started to kind of train her. She started to come to like our caucus training and whatnot. And um, one of the first things she did in the 2016 election was um, sign up to be an election judge for her city. And I just want you to think for a moment what that must look like, Mm -hmm. right? When this petite... Hijab wearing woman is sitting on the other side of the poll station, checking you in to make sure you are eligible
0: to vote. <laughs> that, right? That I'm sure gave a lot of people pause, but it was amazing. Yeah, it made a huge statement. Right. So once again,
1: when we just show up in our communities, a lot of the lot of stereotypes start to be questioned, right? A lot of biases and whatnot, and when. Amina is working the polls. She's interacting literally with her neighbors, right?
0: In her community. In
1: her community. And so this call to action to get more election judges is something that we continue to do every cycle because we We understand the importance of um, serving our cities, doing our civic duty, and really understanding, like, the whole process of
0: elections. Oh, and
2: reminding people that we will take up as much space as we want to. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Now, and sharing your stories. Right. Because I think if we start to understand each other's stories— We have a connection. We have an empathy. Um, We recognize. It's not something new. It's something familiar. You're creating a familiar opportunity, people to get familiar opportunity.
1: Now, she doesn't stop there, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like we've unleashed this
2: (laughs) powerful beast,
0: beast, right?
1: (laughs) And so she sees a call out for joining boards and commissions in her city. So she applies to become a public safety commissioner. She goes for it. A public safety commissioner. <laughs> yeah. And it right? was
2: because she was recognizing that police brutality is becoming yes. more and more prevalent. Yeah. And so she was like, I want to know more and I want to challenge the people in power. Yeah. So when she took this on, it was just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> there had never in the history of their, of that right. city, I live very close to it, yeah. been someone who looks like her on that commission. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But her voice is really important Yeah, and and shares a perspective that had not been in in a leadership role. Right. She's giving a voice to marginalized Mm -hmm. and silenced communities, Mm
1: -hmm. in essence, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think what is one of my most favorite incidents with her is she decided this year to, like, really get involved in campaigns. So we see um, Amina phone banking. We see her door knocking. And her door knocking story is probably one of my favorites because – she calls up her um, representative and asks, what are you doing? And the representative's like, I'm door knocking. And so Amin is like, well, can I just join you? <laughs> right? So like how wonderful to have that relationship yes, that she yes. can just call her up and say, yeah, I want to come door knock with you. And, and, and they met up in the neighborhood. They door knocked 80 houses in like two hours. Right. And then you see a picture of it on Facebook. And so it's just it's very inspiring to others be like, hey, if Amina can do it, I absolutely can do it as well. And so.
0: Well, I love it, especially as you started this show about how did you all get started and you were quiet and you didn't have, you know, voices together. But together you can inspire each other and support each other. And and truly the sisterhood can help move forward people wanting to take on more, mm-hmm. taking on a leadership role, and then being able to celebrate it by sharing that story. Yeah. So hopefully we will one day see
2: Amina run for office. That is
0: Go the goal. Go for it, That's the Amina. goal.
2: <laughs> Amina, this is your call right now. Oh, <laughs> you're watching. A- Amina you're 2020. <laughs> yes. That is the dream. <laughs> no, I think it's super exciting to see people who like started out just thinking, like, oh, maybe I want to get involved a little bit. Like I have this picture of Amina from, I think, 2017 where she um, – she came. She came to something we did at the Capitol in February 2017, and then it keeps going and going and going. She's a commissioner. She did all these things, and then in August of 2017, she actually spoke on a panel of Muslim women um, for us and encouraged others to become commissioners and be on boards. And then she, you know, she keeps continuing to do more. So she literally is the poster child for our work. <laughs> yeah.
0: You have some other women that you want to share about as well.
1: Yeah, I would love to talk about um, Regina Mustafa. So Regina is from Rochester. She is actually um, blind legally, right? And she is originally from Philadelphia. And so when people tell her, go back to where you come from, she's like, Philly? (laughs) Why would I go back to Philadelphia?
0: I like Minnesota.
1: Anyway, um, Regina handles a lot of um, interfaith work, uh, but in a really fun way.
0: And she can be really funny. Yeah,
1: yeah. she's very funny. Um, so she has a, a, a show
2: called faith faith? She has a faith faith Talk Show.
1: Faith Talk Show, yeah. Sorry, thank you. I was, like, getting Faith in Action and Faith Talk Show mixed up there. But she acts out different skits. Like, I know when I was on it, I had, we had to do this Downton Abbey skit. And, I like, she's trying to do this accent, and I don't really know what was going on. But
2: I haven't seen that, but it no, sounds hilarious oh. I can't wait I'm no. gonna
1: look up <laughs> please nobody watch that hopefully it's off of her
0: well even in the video she was teasing how you know you can be put into this you know chamber where you just have to watch you know old Reagan movies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a way of like yeah. getting Orger. indoctrinated. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just
1: script, like she yeah. dresses up, she's got that top hat on and a cane and everything. So it's,
0: it's she's a character.
1: Yeah. But she is she's providing that space to have this difficult conversation, but in a very disarming way, right? To be able to laugh and joke about the silliness of some of the biases that we have, but also to be educated so that you know we can move forward and build relationships. Um now I, I also want to shout out that um, you know she she ran for um, the the mayoral race for Rochester mm-hmm. right which had a lot of folks oh, um, yeah. running but again um, you know she may not have won the race but there were little girls that were coming up to her and saying that she was their mentor that she was their Shiro mm-hmm. and so she felt like I'm I've already won, mm-hmm. right? I'm I am providing a vision and dream for these little girls that they never imagined before. And so
0: And again, also not giving up. You know, yeah. she's going to do something more. Oh yeah. And, and that in itself, you know, you may not win this time, yeah. but it's the long haul, yeah. not the short hauls. Yeah.
2: And she's very much involved in the Rochester yeah, community. Literally, anytime I meet a Muslim woman from Rochester, I'll be like, oh, do you know Regina? They're like, yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> Regina is, I mean, every Muslim in Rochester knows who she is yeah. because she's so vocal. She's involved in the mosque. She's involved in, like, the local political community. She's involved in the social community. She's at every coffee shop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Regina really loves Rochester, and I think it shows in how much she gives to it. Mm-hmm.
0: And that leadership will create a groundswell, I believe, for Absolutely. future opportunities for her. Absolutely. And, and again, getting to know politics. You know, yeah. it, it's not just voting. You know, what does it mean to take the first step to, to run? What does it mean to work with uh, public uh, elected officials? How can that voice then get turned into to perhaps new laws, new ordinances, new ways of thinking because all Americans are better represented? Absolutely. Leadership. Tell me about that's one of your pillars I know that, that is very important to you and, and how to. what are the hard skills and the soft skills of leadership? Sure.
1: So um, in the beginning, uh, we were talking to a lot of different women in a lot of different parts of the cities, just talking to them about what is leadership. And some of the things that we were hearing was I want to – step into a board position or lead a certain group or or show up somewhere, except I'm a little hesitant because there's a couple of things I want to learn, right? Whether that's public speaking, whether it's um, how do I tell my story without bragging about myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, imposter syndrome, um, uh, understanding financial statements, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm afraid to serve on the treasurer of my board because I don't understand how to read a budget or what to look at. And And so we thought, well, let's just provide these skills. Let's do trainings. Let's do workshops um, and help women gain those skills and and that confidence so that they can go out and serve. And so we do an annual conference. um, It's the bomb. (laughs) Yeah. Do people still say that? No. No. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, and the first year we did it in 2017, um, and this is when Asma came as a so attendee. 2016. 17. 17. And then 2018 is a second.
4: Oh. Yeah. Crazy. But
1: um, I, and we, and we hosted all these different workshops there, but, you know, we didn't think a lot of people
2: would show up. It was sold out. Oh my goodness. And it was the most diverse conference I had ever been to. I remember going up to Nosheena and telling her that I have never seen this many different Muslims in one like group. And I was I was in tears because Aww. it was so exciting for me to see. I mean, usually we have to travel across state lines yeah. to get that kind of
0: experience, but to have just Muslim women, it As was a too. powerful call to action. Yes, it, it people heard that this was something that they could be a part of. Yeah, and and followed followed their voice, followed your voices. Yeah,
2: yeah. and this last year it was even cooler. I, yeah, it was amazing. We had Ibtihaj Muhammad um, keynote for us, and then we had. I mean, we had women from all over the community doing things like improv um, and doing on how to to tell your story. I did one on intersectionality and understanding our identities. We had spiritual self-care writing from one of the best writers in town. Um, It was awesome. And the panel on violence Violence against against women. women. So there are so many different things. So we, we kind of find out which skills people want to learn. And then we find out who in the community has already mastered that skill. And we put them, you know, in a position to teach.
0: Well, in our next segment, I hope we can continue this conversation and talk a little bit about how you look at leadership and shared power. Uh, A little different model that I think is more of the Shiro model of sharing that leadership and empowering each other and supporting each other. You do a a wonderful job. I want to encourage everyone to go take a look at their website, revivingsisterhood.org. Great videos, great narrative. Uh, Great opportunities to go and listen to them give uh, presentations. It's all there, easy to access, very intuitive. Again, that's revivingsisterhood.org. And you're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. The bright and fun brainchild of the Wadi Brothers, the World Street Kitchen, features flavors from across the globe, from Asia to the Caribbean to the Mediterranean and everything in between. The restaurant serves popular staples, specials, sweets, and cocktails in one friendly spot. What's it like? It's an experience. The red curry chicken burrito slaps you on one cheek and kisses you on the other. Bring your favorite people, order at the counter, sit together and laugh. Eat your crazy, delicious, simple food with big, bold flavors that come together with delicious harmony. And for dessert, enjoy the best ice cream you've ever tasted at Milk Jam Creamery just next door. Amazing frozen creation by the team behind the World Street Kitchen. Come to Minneapolis Uptown at 2743 Lindale Avenue South and get a taste of the world. Find out about the tasty goodness at EATWSK.com. That's EATWSK.com. Finding the best foods the
4: Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. Pruner's Lounge and Supper Club invites you to check out their beautiful facilities for your next special occasion. Book your wedding reception, retirement party, business dinner, or other special event with confidence knowing their expert staff and award-winning chef will make it a big hit with your guests. Call today to get a quote, 763-571-9020. Lowry Hill Meats, located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis, are friends with their farmers. Relying on regionally sourced, clean, quality meats, they take pride in their aged beef, skin-on-pork, house-made sausages, and air-dried poultry. Their house-made sandwiches should not be missed. Find them online at LowryHillMeats.com.
3: This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. (laughs) I've known Ryan, the owner, at Snap Construction for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available.
0: Radio Show, I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we're glad that you're here making the connection with the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment rise. Welcome Nashina Hussein, who is the Executive Director. Thank you, Lori. And Asma Muhammad, who is the Advocacy Director.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: And we also want to do a shout-out to the World Street Kitchen Milk Jam Creamery in the Uptown Minneapolis area. Check out their website at the eatwsk.com. Or better yet, go down to Lindale Avenue and get a taste of the world fusion street food from Asia to the Caribbean to the Mediterranean and everything in between. In our last segment, we were talking about this cool conference, The Bomb.
2: .com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Um,
0: and again, revivingsisterhood.org. You can learn more about that if you want to take a look. But we were just sharing about the leadership, um, what happens at this conference, uh, the sense of shared power. But you've got panelists. You've got board members. Tell me a little bit more about that and then I'd like to then go to our legislative agenda coming up.
1: Yeah. One of the things that we really pride ourselves on is the sisterhood, Right. Women in general, when they show up, they bring others along. It's almost like bringing whole communities along, right? And so, just that from a numbers perspective, is more powerful um, in making. We move in groups, yeah, herds. (laughs) (laughs) But um, and I don't think it's I don't think has anything to do with like you know being fearful of going at it alone. But when you go at things together, you realize like my. my liberation is grounded in yours as well, right? So together when we show up, we can amplify our, our power and be able to make that change. And so we are I think that's what we see with, with Muslim women and our shared power.
2: Yeah, and at the conference, I know that, whenever we meet, like one thing that we heard from a lot of Muslim women is that they don't know enough Muslim women to feel like they to feel feel to engaged and connected to the community. So one thing we do really well at the conference is intentionally connect people constantly throughout the day. So you don't leave without making some new friends and building sisterhood. And you might like share something you wouldn't have shared with someone that you have met for like a day, but you do. Um, and it feels, I mean, it's just a beautiful, I think, gathering of women who want to make change in their communities, but want the skills to be able to do so.
0: And with that connection, you can help with the next step with advocacy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I do talk
2: about advocacy at the conference, but... What we do really well, I think, at Rise is reminding Muslim women of their power and how to bring that, like, into action. Um, so, one thing that we are going to be doing this next legislative session, and I, I'm going to talk about last legisl- legislative session first. Um, so, we realized that we we can we can change things. We can change things at the Capitol if we want to. Um, so, we and started. And part of it is showing up. Yeah. So, we started having Muslim women show up at the Capitol, call their legislators, and building a relationship because I think that's really important. When Amna called, like, called a rep to say, hey, can I come door knocking with you? That wasn't by accident. It's because we were, you know, we were challenging challenging people to build intentional relationships with their legislators. Um, So when we show up to the Capitol and we say, hey, we need you to stand up for gun violence prevention, or we need you to stand up for survivors of sexual violence, like, we need to have those relationships to be able to do that. So one thing that we worked on this last session was eliminating the statute of limitations for survivors of sexual violence to report um, what's happened to them. And because currently it's between six and nine years, depending on the the nature of the assault. Um, And that means that children
0: oftentimes cannot report years later and adults. So we want to eliminate that. Within those seven to nine years, sometimes the Rape kits aren't even processed exactly, so by the time that they are processed in the laboratory, it's past the, the yeah the time of, of, it's past the limitations. So it's yeah.
2: Like... Well, so people with rape kits, they have an unlimited, but people who don't have them, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very, very difficult to, to report. Um, so we want to eliminate that. We want to eliminate barriers to reporting. So people, because there's very, very little justice for survivors of sexual violence, um, less than 1%, less than actually 0.3% of um, rapists and perpetrators receive any kind of jail time or consequences, mm-hmm. anything. That's awful. We should, that should
0: terrify everyone. And it should.
2: Yeah. So that's one thing that we're going to be working on very hard. I think that violence against women is becoming a bigger problem day by day.
0: And their voices aren't, our voices, Mm -hmm. our voices aren't heard. I mean, just seeing what happened with the Kavanaugh, mm -hmm. there are no consequences. Yeah. It's
2: heartbreaking. And I think that we have the power to do something about it, so why not start with Minnesota? Um, Because we know that Minnesota is different in so many ways. Like, we always pride ourselves on being Minnesotan and from... The best state that there is. <laughs> um, so we're
0: the progressive. Yeah, we are. Voice. The, we are. We're we like are. the progressive North, right? Well, I, I tease people when they they say you're in Minnesota. That's so cold. I said, well, there's a, there is the you know climate, but there's also you know the political climate and mm-hmm. the social climate. Yeah. and those are important too. And you
2: can create change in Minnesota yes. that I don't don't think you can do everywhere else. Um, so I I am looking forward to working on that again this session. Um, we also we do violence against women. We make sure that children families are well served and that they have access to, um, to government subsidies and things like that. So, But I think gun violence prevention and sexual violence prevention are the two biggest for us right now.
1: I also want to point out, Lori, that there one of the things that we had come to understand was that elected officials report to us. Yes. Right? We are their bosses. And so really reframing that and shifting that mindset, like that was a big aha for us, yeah. that, Yes, we can just walk into their office. Yes, we can just call them. Yep, that we can tell them we don't like something. We don't even have to come up with the solution. We put that on them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think was like a real big eye opener for yeah. a lot People of us. People
2: don't always know that they need to con- connect with their legislators and hold them accountable. Um, I remember when I was working on this bill, and I was like, I need my legislators to listen to me. But my legislator is known for being racist, homophobic, and Islamophobic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but I still went to his office, and I was like, Hey, can you support? This bill for survivors of sexual violence, because there are people in our city, in our district, in your district, who are suffering. And he listened to my story and said, "Yep, I will. S- I- I'm going to sign on as a co-author." That
0: must have been a huge.
2: It moment. was huge. Yeah. It was huge because bipartisan. I had no faith in this process at that point. I was like, "Nope, he's just not going to support it. He is from a party that is not, you know, like that." I that I you didn't you know, think kind you of, could find common Yeah, back. exactly. I was like, I, "He's not going to understand me." But he signed on. And I think sharing my story and reminding him, hey, I'm your constituent, you answer to me, was huge and reminded me of my power in that moment.
0: And being able to share that with others so that they know they have power. Uh, there may be immigrants that come here that have no idea about how our political system works. You know, Even growing up here, you, you don't always know. Americans don't. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> I mean, it took a lot just to convince them to go vote. That's step number one. Right. Right. But step number two is how to hold hold, hold our leaders accountable and with issues that are important to us. Well, I know that you have advocacy days. So I know we're, we're getting close to the end. But tell me quick about what you plan to do. You're thinking of doing some advocacy days and they're in in the making.
2: Yeah. So we plan on this year reminding people that Muslim women will take up as much space as they want to. So we're going to show up at the Capitol on one specific day. We all, we are, I mean, I'm there constantly, um, but we are going to show up on one specific day and call it Muslim Women's Day at the Capitol uh, to say, hey, talk to your legislators, tell them who you are, introduce yourself, and then tell them what you care about because it's important for us to remind people of the issues that they should be working on. Um, And right now, the House and the Senate are looking very different than they did (laughs) last year. So some people who care about certain things might be able to pass some (laughs) laws that they want to. Um, So I think that that is a big priority for us going into this session.
0: And next year, I want to make sure you all know that they'll be joining us. The Rise will have a series on Connections Radio Show, February 16th, April 27th, May 25th, and October 19th. So this is just the beginning mm-hmm. of great sure conversations. Is. Oh yeah! And thank you both for being here today thank and sharing you. your stories and your heart. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. And this is Connections Radio Show.
4: I